Welcome to the second ever episode of the Comms Collective podcast, a podcast for professionals working in the communication industry. My name's Joel Buckland, and in this episode, we'll be speaking to Anne Buckland, the co-founder of We Do Stories, the digital and content marketing agency. Hello, Anne. Hi. So, Anne, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you? So I'm co-founder of We Do Stories, and I'm also a content marketing manager for an education social enterprise. Um, and I've worked in communication for about 20 years. I started out in TV. I worked in TV in a very exciting time of just always being surrounded by change as we went from tapes to digital to having websites for programs, to having social media campaigns, PR, etc. Um, and I then made the move into the more digital focused arena because I could see that there were possibilities there. And what kind of work did you do when you worked in broadcast? Um, so I was a producer director. So that meant that I worked to help form a program. I came up with lots of ideas for programs. I worked a lot in development as well. I travelled the country and the world documenting fascinating stories, mostly within the science and technology and social impact arenas. And who did you work for doing that? BBC, Channel 4, National Geographic, Discovery, ITV, quite a lot of the major broadcasters. What made you want to turn to digital? As a digital arena was evolving, um, when, when I think digital first started coming alongside TV, we used to have this thing that was 360 degree commissioning. So you not only had to pitch the program idea, but you had to pitch what website you were going to run alongside it, whether you were going to do any digital campaigns, thinking about social media channels, thinking about social media voice. So the program itself very quickly embedded into the wider PR um, campaign of that program and marketing campaign of that too. Sounds very much like what we now call transmedia. Yes, absolutely. So we're currently in lockdown due to the coronavirus crisis going on at the moment. How do you think coronavirus and this current crisis has impacted the comms arena? I think it significantly impacted the comms arena. Um, I think it's impacted it in a couple of different ways. Firstly, one of the things that happens when a crisis hits and budgets get affected is that people stop spending on marketing. So I think right now we are hitting a time where a lot of people have been furloughed. If they're fortunate enough to have companies that furloughed them, um, people have been stood down. And also for the marketing freelancers, it's obviously a very difficult time. But I also see an arena where comms has never been so important as well. Um, we're, we're at a place in time where how brands communicate themselves now will be remembered going forward. And I think brands that, brands that do phenomenally well at communicating with their audience will be favoured going forward. But on the other side, brands that might not hit the right tone, I think people are far less forgiving right now as well. So one mistake can absolutely scupper a brand. So how should brands be communicating right now? What do we expect from them? In a way, nothing's changed. A brand that knows their voice should still hold on to the DNA of what their voice is made up of, or a brand that's honed their voice well. Um, but we also are in a place where everything needs to change. I think the key thing for a brand is that agility is key. We have never before been in a place, not at least in my lifetime, where we've had to daily monitor how the audience is speaking. Um, I think you only have to look at social media right now to see that it's almost like living in one giant flat share. We've hit that point where we're over three weeks into lockdown and 
people are squabbling because they're scared, they're frustrated. There isn't a single industry that hasn't been hit by this. So it's an absolute mishmash of different emotions right now. And I think particularly from what I see on social media is brands have to monitor the tone of voice daily of what people are feeling to enable them to get their comms right. I think that the brands that are able to be agile at this time are going to be the brands that people remember. They're the brands that get it right. They're the ones that actually get comms out where people think, oh, brilliant, that was perfectly timed. On the other side of the coin, the other brands that people will remember were the brands that get it so terribly wrong that they're going to think, right, I'm never going to buy from them again. We only have to look at things like Jack Monroe's lists of brands that she wanted to blacklist for how they've treated their staff in this time to see just how sensitive people are to a brand's action and how they're communicating that. And what should organisations be prioritising in their comms currently? I think the first thing is agility. I think the comms team has always needed to be one of the most agile of an organization. Um, they're always having to assess the landscape, see how people are feeling, see what they're doing and see spot opportunities of how their products or services can play into that. Alongside that, it's never been so important to understand your audience. And I think, again, that's a daily exercise. It's understanding how your audience are feeling, because again, one incorrectly timed piece of comms could actually scuffer how they feel about you completely forever, which sounds very dramatic, but I actually think it's true right now. We also, the understanding the audience, we've I've worked with a lot of organizations, um, particularly in the digital arena, where we've worked really hard to craft content calendars to know when different hashtag days are coming up to work out how we can pivot messages around all these things. And right now, none of those days matter. We're not seeing those days have traction apart from one or two. They're probably very health related. Most of those days that people would have previously put messages around or even in education, things like exam season, revision season, all these things that so many people have relied on to use as marketing points have changed. And so we need to understand how the audience is speaking to understand where our opportunities are. The opportunities are still there, but we have to know where the audience's pain points are so that we can very quickly pivot to communicate how we can help them in that. Can you give us an example of a good pivot? I think a very clever pivot has come from Brewdog and they did it very early on. Brewdog, for those that don't know, beer manufacturer, they've always had a very quirky tone in their comms, but they've always been really good at developing a community around their brand. Brewdog are one of those brands I really admire because they seem to know exactly what they're about, which meant that when the crisis hit, they could pivot really quickly. They could see that it was coming, that they probably might not sell so much beer at this time. Pubs were shutting, etc. So they pivoted really quickly to provide alcohol rub. And not only did they pivot in their services, but they PR'd it phenomenally. They did it at a time when no one else was doing it. They got into all the press. So that immediately, very early on, made people feel favorably about the brand. The one thing that comes alongside Brewdog's story is they weren't afraid to fail. Their first batch of hand sanitizer didn't quite hit the NHS grade, but rather than seeing that as a mistake, they've carried on. They've kind of gone, okay, but we needed to try. They haven't waited for two weeks to wait till they got it absolutely perfect before they came out with an announcement. They spent a weekend deliberating and came out saying, this is what we're going to do. Absolute decisive action that made people feel that they had their best at a point where hand sanitizer completely sold out and it was being stolen from hospitals. Brewdog did something that made 
made their audience feel that they were with them. That's my understanding at the moment. They're working with the NHS to improve that hand sanitizer. Um, and it wasn't that it was wrong for the general public. It was just the NHS standards that they have to abide by to keep us all safe. It's much higher than the general public's um, standards. Yes. And so they've ended up working with the NHS to improve that standard even further. Yeah. And it's my understanding that hand sanitizer is still fit for purpose in certain scenarios and has gone out to help others. So give me an idea of key elements to a brand's communication that they could be focusing on right now. Okay, so we've covered two already. Agility, the need to absolutely be agile and understanding your audience. Um, I think alongside the agility, just to explain that, I don't mean to panic and do something really quickly. What I mean by being agile is being really solid in the foundations that you stand on and knowing how to jump on opportunities quickly that best fit your brand. So that comes with knowing your brand really well. Then understanding your audience comes with absolutely understanding who your audience are and what are their pain points currently. You know, as many marketers, we've quite often drawn up character personas. Actually, right now, it might be a really good time to revisit those customer personas. For COVID season, think about exactly what those customers are going through what are they feeling? How are they communicating? Because everything's changed from the way that it was four weeks ago. And how can we best reach out to them? Very, very connected to understanding your audience is the need to communicate empathetically. Um, I've seen a number of brands, again, on social media, but through email campaigns. I've ended up <laughs> getting so many email campaigns in the last three weeks from companies that I've never signed up to. And I think it's because people are nervous. They're scared. They don't know how money's going to be. So they just want to get their message out there. But it means that some companies are then cutting corners. And all that does is put me off a brand completely. For me, it means I'll never buy from them again. I don't want someone disturbing me when I'm concerned with something that I've never asked for. With empathy, we have to understand what our audience are going through. Yeah, so some of the brands I most look up to at the moment are brands like Too Simple and Google Education. Um, education brands that got really, really early on that their audience was changing their study habits quite literally overnight. And overnight, these brands came up with offerings that could help their audience pivot as well. So Purple Mash is a well-known software that's used by a number of schools. Too Simple made that free to every school that needed to use it. And it's such a valuable tool that helps parents communicate with the schools and children to do their homework, etc. The brand themselves come across with integrity. They come across that they actually care about the children. And I think that was key in how they pivoted. It wasn't just offering free software to say, hey, hey, and then we can tie you into a subscription when you're all back at schools. But it, their whole comms around it came from a place that said, we understand this is really difficult and we want to help. Um, I think the same thing has come out through Google Education. They're a bit later in their offering, but they've come out with a massive offering now. And the same is true of the BBC Bite Size Lessons from Home that are going to be launched this week. I think, again, they've looked at what people needed and they've tried to come out with something that supports. I think in each of those cases, the brands have communicated with empathy to their audience. They haven't said, hey, hey, we have some new shiny product that we think you'd like to use. They've come out and said, hey, we understand this is really, really difficult. We understand that you don't have all the tools that you need. So here's our way of trying to help you. And I think that tone has really helped ingratiate them to their audience. I think your point about the customer personas is a brilliant one, um, very relevant right now. 
I think the point of a customer persona is to work out how you as an organization or you as a product or service can answer the pain points of your potential customers. But now everyone's pain points have changed. So any company now should be looking at those customer personas going, what are their current pain points? We don't know how long this lockdown is going to go on. Um, And so at this period of time, whether it's let's just change our messaging for the next three weeks, which we've been told is going to be at least three weeks more, or Mm. whether it's actually for the next few months, we're going to be changing our messaging. Um, But if we don't change our messaging now, if we don't adapt at this point, then the long-term economic future of this country becomes worrying. Yes, absolutely. And I think what I see is that the brands that know themselves and why they exist are being able to pivot quite well. Many comms chats, innocent smoothies are always used as a a good example of brand voice. Right now, the most helpful tweets innocent are putting out, as far as I'm concerned, are the ones that remind me what day of the week it is. And it's, (laughs) it's so simple. It's so innocent in the way that they're approaching it. There are a lot of people at home who are a bit confused about whether they're coming or going. They've got kids school work. They've probably got work from home. If not, if they haven't got work from home, then they're worried about bills, etc. People don't know what's going on at the moment. And actually I'm finding Innocence tweets just as a friendly, cheeky reminder of the day. It's so simple, but it's keeping that brand in my mind. And I think the brands that know have done the legwork before that knew exactly what they stood for and who they stood for have been able to pivot quite well to adapt their comms to speak to people in a new landscape. The brands that possibly hadn't put in the legwork for knowing exactly who they stood for, I see are struggling right now. Who's been particularly agile at the moment? I think a number of people have been really agile right now. Um, Estee Lauder are another one who decided to change some of their perfume manufacturing lines to provide hand sanitizer. Again, a very shrewd business decision, but they absolutely calmed and PR'd the life out of it as well. They made sure they got headlines. They made sure that they were seen to be a brand that was in there for the people. It's not only the big companies. I see a lot of local businesses who knew their audiences so well that as their audience's pain points changed, their services adapted overnight so that they could facilitate them. Um, There's a local pubs that you and I know very well, the Orange Tree and Bulldog, that as lockdown was hitting, the pub landlord is brilliant and has always been so much for the community rather than anything else. But he changed so that he could be an off-license in the shop. Not only that, the profits from that are going to support musicians in his local area. He is quite sensibly playing the long game. He's there for the community. He's there for the local musicians because if he opens up his pub in four months' time and the local musician, there are no local musicians, then he doesn't have entertainment. I think he's been really insightful to see the pain points emerge around him and react really quickly to serve them. In just a few sentences each, what are the five aspects of communication that people should be looking at right now and, and how should they be changing it? So yes, the first three, I think we've covered in detail quite a lot in this chat already. So one is the need to be agile. Two is the need to absolutely understand your audience. And I th- cannot stress how much that is a daily exercise at the moment. Um, three is communicating with empathy. If any brand comes across as unempathetic to their audience right now, I think the audience are going to switch off. Four is be transparent and be authentic. 
right now people are nervous so they want brands that they can trust and they want brands that they can believe in i think before the crisis hit we were already seeing a rise in social enterprises we were seeing a rise in b corporations we could see that there was a movement from the public that want brands with impact they want to know that what they're buying they're investing into a social purpose but i think now more than ever brands need to have that transparency and they need to have the authenticity if a brand comes across as being profit-driven right now, I think people are just going to switch off and they won't be coming back. The last one, I think, is we just need to constantly, it's a, again, it's a daily exercise of seeking the opportunities. The government are doing daily briefings. The audience is having daily updates. We need to understand daily how it is we can communicate ourselves so that it shows relevance at this time. Um, a lot of comms professionals that work in the digital arena will be used to changing landscapes. We've had so much innovation in the last few years that we've needed to navigate. But in that comes opportunity too. I think the brands that see the opportunity and manage to react quickly to the opportunities, but with a calm and confident voice to the audience will be the ones that win. What the audience need right now is stability. They need people that they can trust. They need things that they can rely on. And I think the brands that manage to speak with confidence and authority at this time are going to be the ones they turn to. Are there any brands that you would say people in this industry should be looking at right now for examples of really good communication? Interestingly, and it's not a brand that I thought that I would associate with it. We've touched on them already in the podcast, but I would say the BBC are actually doing really well right now. They're in their element. The news desk is being agile. They're being responsive. It's exactly what news is meant to be, but through this whole new lens of working remotely. I say that I wouldn't expect to say them because the BBC were actually quite slow in the digital innovation curve. There were a lot of brands that jumped onto digital first that actually took a lot of the landscape. And in my mind, up until a few months ago, the BBC had been on a massive catch-up game. What we've seen right now is they have pivoted really quickly. They've communicated with a solid authority. Um, the news reporting up until last week was something that I found that I could rely upon for facts coming out. I would say right now, maybe it's not so much. There's been a bit too much speculation coming, which is, is not so helpful. Um, but certainly for the first few weeks, the BBC was that real solid voice that people of old have said the BBC used to be. And particularly also now with their bite size offering, I think they've done really well at working with the Department for Education to understand what the pain points were for people at home. And BBC Bite Size have produced a raft of content that can help people learning at home. I think that's really clever. Another one that did phenomenally well were, um, I don't know who did it first, but Burger King and McDonald's. When the drive-through shut, when their chains shut, they put out recipes of here's how to make a Whopper at home. And I think McDonald's put out one of their breakfast um, muffins out for how to make it at home. It's really simple, but it, what it did was through a very light-hearted and helpful way, kept the brand in people's minds at a point when people could have forgotten about them. Yes, we are not so likely to see the amount of sales that we used to see for businesses right now. But what we need to do is brands need to keep themselves in people's minds. And the ones that produce fun activities at home, interesting things that they can do or different spins, like, you know, whoever thought of making their own Whopper, you know, you just go to Burger King. But that's lovely. And I think that's a really nice touch. I think another brand that did really well are the Scouts. 
just before the Easter holidays, they produced a campaign called Hashtag Great Indoors. Now, I belong to a really big charity comms Facebook group. And I remember when the comms team, Scouts comms team, put out that they'd done this. It was brilliant. I thought it was really clever. From someone who works from an education brand, there are a hundred activities that children could do with their families at home. You talked earlier about what the marketplace for togetherness, for families being together. But what families are screaming out for is things to do. They don't now need the family time, but what they need to do is know how they can use it productively. And I think the scouts are really clever. They knew they couldn't encourage people to go outdoors. They couldn't encourage people to come to their scout groups. So they provided loads of activities that make people think, oh, the scouts did that really good thing. They were really imaginative then. Maybe I'll check them out when this is all over. I think there's some really good examples there of people that we should be looking at. Um, And I just wanted to add with the uh, McDonald's and Burger King example you gave, not just through crisis, but a social channel that I think do excellent communication work is actually the Dave channel. Yes. Um, And the reason I mention it is I saw them talking with McDonald's about, we really miss your uh, hash brown. McDonald's replied with, well, actually, here's the whole recipe of our burger and it includes a hash brown. Dave, whether it be now, whether it be just in general life uh, before all of this, or hopefully after all of this, are well worth looking at as how to keep a brand friendly, how to be relevant to the times. We can learn a lot of lessons from them. I, I agree with you completely. I think they've been phenomenally clever. They're not a channel with the biggest budget for original commissioning, but what they've done is just innovated all the time and they've thought of ways that they can bring their audience to them. Um, another thing, I don't know if you've seen it, but one thing that as a Red Dwarf fan and someone who's loved Red Dwarf ever since it, it first came on our screens, they've been doing reruns of Red Dwarf, but people, they do a watch party. So people watch the same episode at the same time. And then they use a Zoom chat where the actors are narrating through the episode. It's brilliant. It's not your traditional telly. It's not traditional watching. They're not saying come to the Dave channel, but what they're saying is let's build community at this time. And those experiences are going to be what people remember. That's brilliant. That, that's TV turning to social. Yes. You know, it, I remember when uh, social media first kicked off, I very early um, started a career in social media to teach people how to use it. We're talking way over 10 years ago now. And one of the things people would always ask is, it's about TV and, and you know, will TV get social? And I think this is it. It's taken a while, yeah. but this is it. We watched the movie Code 8 last night. Great start. Wasn't so pleased with the end. Won't give any spoilers away. But what I was really impressed with is when I went to Twitter just to give my little update of what I thought of the film. There were the actors from the film having a watch party, talking with the community afterwards about the watch party, all on Twitter, um, all sharing their opinions. And people absolutely loved it, whether they loved the, the film or loved the experience. But it was such a positive vibe around that brand now. That's brilliant. Um And yes, I think you've hit something that I've not really spoken about, but it's so true. It's brands that create community right now that will be remembered. Many people are stuck in their houses and actually many other people are working really hard. And when they come home, they need experiences that link them to people and that they will remember. And I think right now social is coming into its own. It's sharing really positive news pieces from the NHS. I saw this morning about doctors, I think it was at Lister Hospital, who were doing a Bangra dance. And it was just lovely. It just showed a moment of humanity amidst all the chaos that they're having to deal with right now. It's those those things that people can join in, those experiences that, that we'll talk to our grandkids about. And this is the thing. For many years now, social media has gone through its ups and downs with whether people love it or hate it. It seems like around every corner, there's a new controversy. 
But right now, it's in its element. If we didn't have social media and right now, the connection, we can have that human connection at a point where we have to physically distance ourselves from each other would be such a harder experience than it is right now. So for all the people that have naysayed against it for so many years now, this is what it was meant for. Yes. Yes, it's been used badly and it is just a tool It isn't the social media as itself's fault for good or bad. It is a tool that helps us build community together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Anne, for coming and thank you for your insights. Thanks very much for having me. It's been really interesting speaking. If you like this episode, then subscribe to our podcast or check us out at commscollective.co.uk. See you next time.